Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. I'm extremely excited as we have the amazingly talented comedian. A. Marie Castillo coming on tonight and joining us. So it's going to be a really great interview. We're going to learn all about her background and how she got involved in comedy. And uh, just to start out my show, I'd like to do a brief introduction. Um, she's going to be one of the many comedians that I've had the honor of interviewing. Some of the comedians I featured on my show have included um, Tom Cotter, Jim Florentine, Don Jameson, R.C. Smith, Chris Stefano, Joe Matteris, Liz Russo, and so many others. So please Check out the podcast. They're all available on my station page as well as all of my interviews are available on iTunes. I've done about 200 interviews now. I do a lot with uh, musicians to artists, filmmakers. So um, every interview is really unique and different. I do a lot of research on my guests. So please uh, feel free to check them out. So before I bring Amory on, a little bit of the background about myself. Um, my background is in clinical psychology. I'm a clinical psychologist. But one of the things I really enjoyed enjoy doing is interviewing people And uh, my other passion is the entertainment industry. I'm a singer-songwriter. I've also done some writing for some magazines. And I really wanted to create a forum where I could bring people on in the entertainment industry to support them and help promote them and get their name out there. I do everything independently, so I know how challenging and difficult it can sometimes be. So my show is really meant for a supportive forum to help people spread the word and get their names out there. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I ask you to keep in mind, and I have a great sense of humor, and uh, I love to interview comedians because I do love to laugh. But my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Although I mentioned I'm a clinical psychologist, my show um, is not going to be doing any formal therapy or analysis. We do sometimes talk about stuff in an educational format, but predominantly um, that's where the limitations go with that. So I just want to throw that out there. And also, I do want my guests to feel free to talk about whatever they'd like, but just to keep any potentially um, personal names, et cetera, anonymous if we're going to share any embarrassing or humiliating stories. But again, I do want my guests to feel open and grounded to talk about whatever they want. So if you're tuning in, create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in tonight. The number is 805-243-1320. I do have a chat room open, but because I am a one-person show, I'm really going to be honed in on the interview tonight. So if you do want to call in and ask some questions, feel free to do so. So let's give you some background on A. Marie Castillo. And I was doing some research on her, so I found out some interesting things about her. She is a vivacious, outspoken, as she likes to describe herself, a New Mexican woman and comedian that's going to really tell you straight and how it is. She describes herself as being five foot twelve. I like that. I like that description. And um, talks a lot about with her comedy, dating in New York City. So some of those themes are going to come up in her act, which is really applicable to both men and women out there in terms of her comedy being something that everyone can relate to. She has been performing all over New York City, including clubs such as New York Comedy Club, Gotham Comedy Club, Broadway Comedy Club, Caroline's and this band, to name a few, and it looks like she's starting to travel, too, so she can tell us about that tonight. She's also worked with Howard Stern on Howard TV, as well as traveled with 
the infamous miserable men on the East Coast for Ronnie's block party when that was going on. So I definitely want to hear some stories about that. But you can keep up with her and her sports blog by going to parttimethrow.com and also on her website there's information about upcoming shows and events and where you can find her. So let's bring Amory on and start the interview. Hey, how are you? Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Carrie? Good, good. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on, and hopefully I did some justice with the uh, introduction for you. (laughs) You did a fabulous job. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, where are you at tonight? Are you doing any shows tonight to start out? And we'll, we'll start to get into some background on you, too. Um, you were my priority, so um, I came um, home, and actually tonight I'm taking the night off because I just came off. Um, besides watching the Super Bowl last night, I did six days of shows in a row, so I'm my voice, and I'm taking the night off. Nice. Before nice. I start so where my were week. you? Wow, you've been like, like I said, you've been really putting it to the grind, as I see. You're promoting it like heck on Facebook and all the social media sites. And again, I can't emphasize how much respect I have for people that, you know, put all this effort and perseverance into their career and what they're passionate about. So I think that's amazing. Um, Thank you. So where were you today? Were you were you working during the day or what do you do during the day? Or is comedy kind of your full-time thing? Um, so I'm doing comedy full-time and then I also do babysit part-time. And this oh, morning nice. I was okay, babysitting. Cool. I what? No, I said cool. Yeah, yeah. I, um, children keep you sane. I know that sounds crazy because they drive you insane, but they they are so <laughs> honest and so beautiful. I love having them in my life day to day. So that's awesome. And how old are the kids that you're uh, you're working with? Um. Well, currently a four year old and a two year old. Wow. Okay. And is that is that a five day a week or seven day a week gig during the day? It's it's five days a week part time, so it's like uh under like fifteen hours. Nice a week. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, so let's let's digress a little bit because I'm always curious. Again, I I'm not as edgy as Howard Stern, but I like to learn about people and and who they are and and how they got into you know what they're doing today. So tell me a little bit about where did you grow up? Did you grow up in New York City? No, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. Just tell us a little bit Am about... Am I the first person you've ever talked to from New Mexico? <laughs> you know, it's it's. I did interview a musician, one of the touring bands, that was from Mexico. I don't remember exactly where he was from, but he did grow up there. I can't remember the name of them right now. It's killing me. Actually, I think the name was Message to Venus. Really cool band. Um, well, but yeah, tell us a what little was bit. The name? I don't think Message to Venus... Never heard of them. No? Okay. Really, really cool stuff. Really good band. But, um, yeah, I think it was this singer that I interviewed. He was from Mexico, but I don't remember specifically where he was from. Did you say Mexico or New Mexico? Yeah, I think it was like it was like Mexico. I'm not exactly sure. So, yeah, no, no, okay, this, why don't you tell us, I, tell us about your experience growing up there and, you know, a little bit about um, how long you lived there and then when you came over here. So um, my mom is my mom is in the military, and so I was actually born in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, my mom was a badass; she was an air traffic controller. But then wow. we moved to yeah, she's she's a badass, and um, and then we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, 
um, when I was young, like I think two or three, and then I stayed there and went to grew up there until I was eighteen and left for college. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, tell us a little bit about you know growing up there. You know, what were you like as a kid? What were some things that you enjoyed doing? Um, so I was a happy-go-lucky kid, um, and I grew up in a die-hard sports household and um, came from a big, <laughs> huge family, and I was playing sports year-round, 24-7. I don't know how my mom did it. She's awesome. Um, sports, 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 all I did was sports until I was 18. <laughs> so what was the and, first, because um, I definitely, I I read about that on your um on the part-time bro site and stuff. So tell us about, like, what was the first sport that you got interested in and then, you know, start to elaborate on all the different sports that you were involved in. Um, okay, so we're – I would grow up in a big football house, but we love all sports. And But I, what my first love I fell in love with was soccer. And okay. I think it's just caters to, like, younger kids. It's an, I think most kids start at, with that sport versus all the other sports. Um and then I started playing basketball and softball. And then as I got older, um, due to, like, competition and school and season, I was playing three sports at a time. I was playing soccer and basketball and softball. And then as soon as I got to high school, I went down to one and went down to basketball. And I started really concentrating on basketball for my high school right. career. Right. Yeah. That's great. I mean, and it's so different today. And I think, you know, Amory, I mean, it's just, with the internet and the kids and, you know, a lot of kind of sedentary stuff. So that's awesome that you were doing to make sports. And I was a huge sports person too. Soccer, tennis, surfing. I mean, yeah, love to do that. I was stuff. always busy. <laughs> you were always with that? You there? Yes, yeah, you there? Okay. Yes. No, I'm sorry. What did you say? You were always what? I was always busy and active. Like, I, I don't, like, I look back, I'm like, how did I do all that? Like, school and right. all these sports. <laughs> Like, and and would you say that you were, you know, a student too? Were you someone who enjoyed like learning and and going to school? Oh yes, I loved school. I was like a Susie high school. Like if, if we want to go through all the schools, like I loved high school. Um, I was a very social person. Um, very involved in my community too. My mom very much was all about giving back to your community and being involved. And um, and I, I was I was a really good kid. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And what did um what did your dad do for a living? Was he was he involved in the major league baseball? Major league which which what? I thought oh, I read something you read about my, you in, in the blog first, about your about your father. Was he involved in sports? My well my well my dad my dad grew up as an athlete. Um so my parents started dating when I was eleven and okay. he was he was a big time baseball player, but not like anything like in high school and stuff. Like he, <laughs> he was not a professional baseball player. I don't know where you read that. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm sorry. <laughs> I must have misinterpreted. I, I probably I, I posted a lot of the baseball games that I've been to. Right. Okay. <laughs> You're like, who I'm is your dad? That. I'm like, he's awesome. Yeah, I was like, no, I was reading something, and I thought it said that. No, because I know you grew up, like you said, in a, in a major household where. Sports were important. You're a sports fanatic. You know, I read all the different teams that you liked, the Vikings and, you know, all that good stuff we'll get into. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought I read something that your dad was, like, involved in some type of a major league, some type of sport. But, okay, so I apologize. That's my uh. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. But he is okay, involved so, in sports. 
he's a pro at knowing sports, and he was a he was a very good athlete growing up, and that's that's it. Nice, nice. And what about um any brothers or sisters? Any siblings? Yes, I have um, a sister and three brothers. Okay, and and what do, what do they do for a living, or are they also sports fanatics like you? Oh, the, our, everyone in our, it's like, it's in our family, like, it's all blood, like, everyone's sports, but it's funny, because everyone, except my brothers, they, they mostly all like the same teams, but um, that's the funny part, is most of us like different teams, which is great, <laughs> makes it fun in the household. Definitely, there's a competition, then, and would your siblings do it, any, are any of them in entertainment, or what types of things do, uh, do they do for a living? My, um, one of my brothers, uh, joined the military, and then my other brothers are very, very good, um, very, very, very talented, like disgusting, talented musicians, and they have local bands back in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All my family's in mostly in New Mexico. Oh wow! Okay, so then I'm only one way out here. So wow! So talk a little bit about did any of your family come over here when you came over at 18, or did you come over by yourself? Well, actually, I actually um, after high school, I moved to LA to go to college. At the I, I attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. I went the fashion oh, nice. route for a little bit, okay. and uh, yeah, it was a great experience. And it was, you know, you're 18. I've never been on my own, and I moved to LA, which was quite the experience. And <laughs> um, I wasn't the biggest fan of LA, but I appreciated my education at Fitum, and I met lifelong friends there, and it introduced me to this whole big, crazy entertainment industry and kind of inspired me to get involved. And um, after I graduated college, uh, a couple of my friends were in New York, and they were like, you have to move out here. And that was kind of the start of it all. Wow. Okay. And what, you know, digress a little bit, because, again, I'm always just curious in terms of, so were you always into fashion, too, growing up, like, just, like, sports? Was that something that was also, like, kind of a a passion of yours? Yeah, I I always, I was more into style, and I loved fashion, and I always, like, also, I loved, like, modeling and fashion, and when I was um, graduating High school, I, I I go back and forth. I should have played college. I should have played college sports, and then I'm like, oh, I, I didn't know if that was my future. And I don't know, you know, you're 17 and you think you know it all, and you don't listen to your parents or anyone. Right. But my heart was telling me go to fashion school, and um, I'm glad I did. I learned a lot, and it's some it's one it's something I value, and I'm glad I went to school for it. I'm I'm proud that I went to. Them. Yeah, that's great. Did you major in any yeah. specific type? You know, when yeah, you go, I know that people would, would you, what did you do? Yeah, everyone, you know, the funny thing, when you when you attend fashion school, they're like, can you make me a dress? <laughs> like, like right. not everyone's designer. <laughs> and funny enough, I went to school for beauty merchandise marketing. So I actually was in the cosmetics and fragrance side of it, which was interesting. Very so. cool. Yeah. That's cool. It's fun. So so did you ever decide to, did you do anything with that or no? Just kind of like you said, you kind of moved there. You started to get, it sounds like a taste of the entertainment industry yeah. and we're definitely going to start to, you know, progress into talking more about that, but go ahead. Yeah, I think I think anything you do in life is a part, I think it's all part of the plan that like God has for me, but um, 
you know, I went to school for marketing, and I think that just plays an important role in anything you want to do in life. And it mm-hmm. taught me so much about how to brand and market myself, whether it's an entertainment career, if I want, whatever area I wanted to choose, it really helped set me up to be successful, like, business-wise. So that's where I, I learned a lot about marketing and, and about the business side of things. So that has helped me with all my successes thus far. Cool. No, that's great. You're right. I mean, especially in entertainment, like you said, knowing how to carry yourself, brand yourself, market yourself, that's going to be a it's key thing that you know, a lot of people don't don't have. Go ahead. No. No, no, they don't. No, but and also, like, I think the entertainment, fashion, everything ends up tying together, which is interesting. So mm-hmm. I love it. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so tell us a little bit about you're out in L.A. You said in was it a culture shock when you said, eh, it kind of wasn't, you know, like, it, it kind of wasn't like, it was just, it sounded like it was a little different for you, so to speak. Like you said, you made some great friends. It was an awesome college experience, but it sounded like maybe that wasn't a place you were going to plan on staying forever. Well, I think, I think any 18-year-old, wherever you are in life, I mean, I was, I was um, very fortunate to have traveled. Um, my family, it was a big, um, especially my grandparents, um, valued travel so much, and I like I traveled. I went to Europe. I've been all. Over, I'm in the, uh, other parts of the country. I mean, I I've, I've traveled, so I wasn't like totally culture shocked. Right. I think it was just I was kind of lost in a way. And you're 18, and you're trying to figure out your life. And I'm in the middle of this fashion entertainment world. I'm not totally secure and confident in myself, and I'm trying to figure out who I want to be in this world. And I just think LA is very tough in that sense that there's a lot like Hollywood and all the characters out there. (laughs) Interesting for an 18 year old who, you know, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Right. um, Right. Being naive and, you know, so yeah, it's just, it was just an experience. Gotcha. So when you're out there, like you said, you started to get, you know, this flavor kind of entertainment stuff's going on. So what what did you start to gravitate towards, you know, in addition, of course, to your marketing and, and fashion and everything else that you were doing? You know, I, how did comedy I, start to get involved? Well, it's interesting. I was not involved in comedy at all in L.A. I actually wanted to do modeling. And um, oh, okay. I've always thought about, and I've also always thought about doing acting. And I just, like, it's, I, I literally always wanted to be a Victoria's Secret angel. Like, that was, like, my goal. Um, <laughs> nice. But I, um, no, but I, I, I fell in love with modeling. I thought it was a beautiful art form. Uh, you know, it's tough, just like any part of the entertainment business. And then I started gravitating to some acting. I just wasn't following through. Um, I think I was just trying to figure out what I want to do in life. And after college, I came home just – and. Um, and then I just like New York was calling my name, and I still want to do some modeling, so you know New York's a good place to do it. And I also want to do some acting, so I just moved and was going to figure it out. So you move in when you move there. Are you living with some friends and stuff? Because I know you said you had some friends there, and people are really encouraging yes, you to hey, come over here. Yeah, um, my my girlfriend from the um, Fashion Institute transferred and went to Parsons, and so I moved in with her at her apartment in. Um, Soho, and she started teaching me all about New York, and you get to New York, and you're like, okay, it's expensive. <laughs> Find a job. Right. And so that's when, uh, I mean, I've tried every day job you can think of. I, I can tell you have a skill set where I can get a job. 
anything you can think of, um, I have done. And I entered the nanny world, and um, it's been one of the biggest gifts and blessings. Nannying is one of the coolest things I'll probably ever do in my life. So That's cool. So how old were you, Amory, when you moved to New York? Was it like right after school? Because it sounded like you went home to New Mexico for a little bit and then eventually yep. came to New York. Um, I was, I was uh, a little over 21. Okay. And what are some what are some of the interesting jobs you've done? Because believe me, I interviewed, this is a funny one, I interviewed a major band and the guy said that he would work at the racetrack at night cleaning up basically horse urine. And I was like, oh, great. I mean, it was, it was, he was such a great interview. But, you know, did you do any, anything crazy like that where you were doing something that was just so outrageous that you never expected to do? Well, I, I, have, I have a couple. Well, I don't think like that outrageous, but I'm just, no. it's funny, I made, a list, I made a list of them the other day because I was trying to write new material. So I, I was a club promoter when I first came here. I, like, okay. People would pay me to bring people to clubs, and I thought that was so fascinating. And then I worked at Versani Jewelry. I knew nothing about jewelry. I just knew how to talk. Um, okay. And I started nannying. Um, my face, actually, okay, so I've cleaned apartments. I've worked at and managed loft spaces. I mean, I've, oh, man, bartended. I mean, I right. uh, have waitress, like, everything, like anything you can think of. But nothing, like, cool or that cool or crazy, I guess. Yeah, that was crazy. When he brought that up, I was like, wow, okay, that's different. No, but I do anything to live in the city because I love it so much. Right. And I think, you know what, I again, I truly respect people who are willing to do what they need to do to, you know, make a living so that they can support themselves and, you know, follow what they're passionate about. I mean, I was the same way as you. You know, I'm, I'm working as a clinical psychologist in corrections, but, you know, when I was going to school, I was similar to you, babysitting, waitressing, you know, doing whatever I could to, right, be able to support myself, and that's great. And you can make good so, money doing this thing. The beauty about New York, though, is, like, you can do anything to get by, like, anything. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. And like you said, I mean, you can, especially, you know, bartending, being a nanny, I'm sure people can make a very good living, you know, doing that stuff. But like, they're, like, careers out here, which is cool, I think. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So, okay, so you're doing all these different jobs and... Were you doing some modeling and acting, too, when you first came over in, like, 21 years old? Um, no, I I started focusing. Um, I did things here and there, but I nothing, like, professionally or, like, nothing crazy. Um, I got a full-time nanny job, and that was, like, my life for a while. And then this is actually where comedy started happening for me. And this is what's interesting. Um, I, okay. I had modeling and acting on the mind. So this is where, when I got my nanny job, I didn't have any, I didn't have like a lot of friends or uh, wasn't making a lot of money. And what's interesting, um, I don't know if you're familiar or listeners are familiar, but where I live in Soho, I live by Bleecker Street, where there's a bunch of bars, comedy clubs, a bunch of shows, a bunch of music, live music. And I love to go explore when I was not working. And I would go to this bar called the Village Lantern. And they would have those, we, we call them barkers in comedy. Do you know what a barker is? Yes, like I, I, I know. A, 
is a barker, well, I don't know if that's the right thing, maybe a bringer. I've heard a bringer, someone that needs to okay. go out to the streets and, like, kind of bring people in. So so in, in, in comedy world, to educate, a barker is the one on the street trying to fill up, like, hey, free comedy show, comedy show, comedy. Like, they're, they're trying to talk to you on the street. A bringer is a young, usually a young comic, new comic, trying to get in the scene, and he has to bring people to the show to get on stage. Right. Okay. Just... Just a little different. Um, but anyway, so there's these barkers, and I didn't. I just naturally started becoming friends with all these comedians, and they're shout out to them. Actually, they're doing pretty well, and you guys should look them up, especially Colin Kane. If you haven't heard of him, he's great. He's doing very well right now. Um, I became good friends with him, and he thought they all thought I was a comic just because my personality. Because I would go to their free show every night. I had nothing else to do. It was free, and I like really enjoyed it. And I became friends with them, and I would talk shop, shop with them. And then I started helping produce shows with them, actually. That's how I got into the whole comedy world. Okay. Um, they took, I took my marketing skills and started working for them, and it was great. And we formed a relationship, and we were packing shows. And then the, from the Little Lantern moved to Caroline's and um, comics. The comics shut down. And um, then Colin went to L.A., and he's doing great. So... After two years of doing that, um, this comic who I met throughout the years, Sergio Chacon, thought I was a comic this whole time when I was producing shows, never been on stage. He was like, Amory, you have to do my show. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you have, like, I want you to, you know, he's at a show. He's like offering me a spot. And I go, right. oh, I don't do stand-up, I don't do stand-up comedy. And he's like, he's like, no, you're doing it. <laughs> So he forced, like, he, like, forced me. Well, I mean, and then I wanted to try it because I've been around it so much. And I went through a really bad, um, my big, bad first heartbreak, and um, I kind of just wrote a set about my ex-boyfriend, which is great. And I went on stage, and I was like, I want to do this. Like, it was a game changer. So that's how my comedy started. That's awesome. So when you first, I mean, again, it's, I always, it's so interesting to hear how people fall into stuff. So, again, growing up, were you a kid that, you know, enjoyed watching any type of comedy? Was there anything, anyone in your family, any of your friends who, you know, had something a long, long time ago that you can reflect back on? Or no, it was just kind of like you said, kind of finding your way and falling into things and finding different things as you were growing up. I mean, I've always been a big, like, goofy, outspoken, just... Right. Like, I was nominated for Class Clown, like, all that stuff. I've always been... Okay. I've always been really funny. (laughs) I will say it. And uh, my mother is passed her genes down to me because she is hilarious. And just I come from a long background of um, funny people. Uh, And I mean, I think I was influenced. Like, I was never raised on all the great comics, but I, you know, I knew who they were, but I wasn't really into it. But I liked all the movies, like Adam Sandler movies, you know, comics that became movie stars. Mm -hmm. um, But I never was like a diehard stand up comedian fan, like, growing up or anything. Right, gotcha. So, so this you know guy, what I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely. So this guy, Sergio, what do you do to prepare for your first show? He's saying to you, you're going to do this, and was this a spur-of-the-moment thing where you just kind of go up there and do it, or did you, you know, prepare no, I, for a certain... I, go ahead. I, um, he just... I, I sat down with him, and I, he's like... I was like, I don't know what I want to talk about. And he's like, well... He's like, he knew I was going through this, like, really bad breakup. And he's like, just write about him. It's really easy. Just 
he said, tell a story. And I did seven minutes, and I just talked about my ex-boyfriend. Nice. So, um, and what was the reaction like for your first, you know, what were you like in terms of how anxiety-provoking was it? Or was it not where you just kind of got up there and you felt pretty comfortable? You know, tell us a little bit about that experience. I think, I mean, I'm, I, I mean, I like attention. I like the spotlight, and I like, I'm not afraid to perform. I love the stage. Um, I'm never, I'm not, I wasn't nervous in a sense of performing. I think I just wasn't feeling good about myself because what I was going through. And right. so I think that's from like then to now with my comedy is the more I did comedy, it was more about developing and growing up as a comic and figuring out your style versus what you're going through or like, you know what I mean? Like using mm-hmm. it as a brother thing. So um, the first like year I was just mad at the world and my ex-boyfriend. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. But oh. hopefully you've moved on. It's it's given you some good oh, material. Oh, and... <laughs> I'm just saying that's like how it all started. Right, right. So it's it's really cool to hear, too. I think that, you know, you had these poor to you. You know, tell us a little bit about, and, and please share, you know, any interesting stories. I love Avery here, just, you know, like like you're talking about, just kind of pre-associating yeah. and talking about your experiences. It's cool to hear that you've had some people being supportive. Have you found it challenging, too, to be, you know, not only a comic but a female comic? I You know, I hear stories from people just, again, it's it's really difficult sometimes. So share with us, maybe that hasn't been an experience for you, which is wonderful if that hasn't been. Um, so tell us a little bit about that, you know, as you're coming up as a up-and-coming comedian. Yes, and what's interesting is um, I didn't know it, like, till till this year, um, but, like, I was on and off, like, I got distracted by relationships or jobs, and so I wasn't committing 100%, and um, at the time I thought, like, the guy I was with was supportive, but he wasn't, you know. And um, mm-hmm. other than that, female comic is very tough. I mean, it's. I mean, we we have people out there, like Amy Schumer. She's, you know, she's doing really. She had a really good year, but people still hate on mm-hmm. her. Um, it is hard being a female though, because people put us under one stereotype that we're all either self-deprecating or talk about our period or not funny. Like, <laughs> and I I see a thousand girls a week perform and there's so much out there that it's insane. Um, very talented yeah. women. I think it's progressed a lot. So I think women are more accepted in society in general to do a lot mm-hmm. of things now. So that's good. Um, I'm a guy gal though. So I'm different than a lot of the girls I perform with, not to take away from them. I just, um, I think that's, I can relate to guys and girls. So I think I have it easier in that way. Cause I okay. talk about sports, you know, I'm, and I'm very observational, so I can relate to both, but um, girls do have it more tough, though, because, got, yeah, they just have it more tough. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an interesting story for you, but... Right, right. Yeah, or, I mean, it sounds like, though, you've definitely been supported um, in terms of you work a yeah. lot with, I, I saw you, you know, doing a lot of posts on your page, someone named um, Madison Malloy. Yes, I yeah, uh, and, and tell us a little bit woman. about, you know, how did you meet her and what do you, what do you guys, I know there was an interesting story you guys had too where you were putting some show together. I read something about that in your blog. But, yeah, how did you meet her? And, that's again, really cool to see 
not only male comics supporting you, but, you know, finding a female comic that you can relate to and, and work with. And actually, I have a group of five girl comics, who They're all up and coming or rock stars. Um, and it's cool to have a support group. And we all, you know, group chat emoji all day. Um, but <laughs> Matt and I met. We met at New York Comedy Club when it was under different management. Just a side note, it's, like, way different now. And then we also were connected through Colin Kane, the guy who I mentioned before mm-hmm. got me started in all this. And we just, like, hit it off. We're total opposites, but we work so well together, and we both wanted to start producing shows. So it's been a couple of years now, too. Um, we, we were doing it here and there, but now we do two shows a month together. And nice. uh, she's great. Very, very good. That's cool. And And how did you... You met, at, like you said, you met at New York Comedy Club when it was under different management. And then tell yep. us a little bit about the the what some show that you guys put together where I guess it, it had a little bit of a, I don't know how oh, you describe okay. it, a risque type of. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this, okay, so this is actually the perfect example for you earlier when you're saying, tell me an interesting story about being a female comic. Okay. Okay. So the group of girls I uh, would like to mention, just to name a few in my little in our little girl group, uh, Madison Malloy, uh, Luciana, Gatika, Walker Hayes, um, are the girls, some of the girls that were involved in this project. Um, Madison and I try to come up with fresh ideas, you know, to bring to the table. We have our show, we have, we've had three different kind of shows. Um, we noticed that if we wanted an empowering show, um, and all of the girls are very beautiful, so we came up with this lingerie concept, um, where you would perform in lingerie, <laughs> and uh, and it, and you know it's cool. Julie uh, Edgar hosted our first one, which was great. We wanted a male host, and we wanted to show because a lot of people, and I'm saying people who I deal with on a day to day basis, think that attractive, quote unquote, pretty girls can't be funny. And so I kind of right. wanted to step that up a little bit, and so I like. And it kind of completed my dreams of the whole Victoria's Secret model thing when I was 18. Is there you go. To get on. To what? No, I said there you go because you were tying that in. There we go. Sorry, I was like, I'm going to combine <laughs> all of this and make my dreams come true. And so we put on, um, we all wore lingerie and it's very tasteful, very beautiful. And all of us did, like a normal stand-up show, five features, a host, bam. All of us were in lingerie and it sold out and it was awesome. And we got really good reviews, but the next day, you know, it created a lot of buzz in the comedy community in New York City, and there were a couple of girls um, that were posting in a passive way, because we all are friends, that um, referring to us as strippers. So we reacted in a professional manner, but, like, it just started a lot of controversy, which is good. I mean, all press is good press, but it's just interesting because... One of the girls who who was a part of that conversation then did our next lingerie show. So, um, oh, interesting. I a, so I guess she had a change of heart. But um, we don't want to focus and make that like help that define us. We just thought it was a fun, empowering, like girl power kind yeah. of show. Pretty girls, sexy meets funny, and I think it was. Yeah, we love it, and it pops up here and there. It's not going to be an ongoing thing. We have one more in Vermont, like. We have a random show in Vermont, but um, we're going to have it, like, pop up once in a while for fun, but it's not going to be an ongoing thing. 
No, but I think I think that is cool in a way because again, you're doing something different, and like you said, you're, you're pushing the envelope a little bit, and that's not something that's done. And I I think that's really cool that you guys did something like that. But you know, like you said, everyone's going to have a different reaction, and it's cool that you guys are continuing to do that despite the fact that there were a couple people that weren't fans of it, so to speak. So, but I see, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Say, I will say the funniest part was that was the first time all my guy friends came to my comedy show. <laughs> of course, right? I, I gave them a hard time, but no, I understand. Like, why wouldn't you go? Like, but I right, was right. giving them a hard time. <laughs> right. So how many years would you say you've been doing stand-up now, you know, pretty consistently? Okay, so I'm, uh, it was on and off for a couple of years, but I fully committed last June. I was nice. balls to the walls, this is going to happen. And it's very interesting because when I decided this and I was talking to one of um, one of my family members, my grand Carol, um, one of the biggest influences of my life was my grandfather, my granddad, and um, he passed away, God bless him. And um, my grand Carol mm-hmm. reminded me, so I'll be turning 30 this year, of a conversation I had with my grandfather that uh, I have to make it by I'm 30 or not that I'm giving up, I just I have to make it by the time I'm 30. So it's funny, I like had this push and I don't even remember that conversation until my grand Carol brought it up to me. And um, since last June, I quit bartending and I still part-time babysit, but it's uh, full-time comedy every single day. And wow. it's really, I, it, it's really hustle and being consistent really pays off in this business so that's great that's great I mean do you have any moments where, I mean again it's that's hard work I mean I I give anyone who does entertainment full-time you know just kudos and you know 150 percent credit for doing that you know there are moments where you're just you know frustrated and you're like oh or do you just say you know what I'm just going to keep pushing pushing that's all I can do and you know this is what I really want to do you know this is um two things um this is when I knew I wanted to do this with my life. It, this is the best part of my day. Like even, even when it's the hardest, it's the best part of my day. Like I, I, it's 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 addicting and like, it's it's not even work. And that's cool. Where there's love, there's labor. So like it's it's beautiful. Like I don't if I get if I do comedy like I did just six nights straight. Like if I did any other job, I know I'd be exhausted and complaining about it. Like I just want more. <laughs> and it's, but I mean, like, it was something I right. didn't want to do for six days of my life. But I can tell, like, this is what I'm supposed to do and what I want to do because I, I have endless energy and just constantly want to be improving and doing something more in this industry. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, you know, do you sit down each day and write? Or, is you know, tell us a little bit about your writing process in terms of is it something where you set some time aside? Do you have a special place that you sit in or, or some type of a, you know, little routine that you do or, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. On a daily basis? Okay, so um, two things. I've been trying to develop different um, writing exercises and I've gotten a lot of great advice from a lot of different people. Um, one, location is big for me. Um, I I don't like writing at home. Okay. Um I my favorite this is my like oasis and my secret place that I'm willing to share. Um I love my favorite place to write in New York City is at Bryant Park. And uh, you know where Bryant Park is, correct? I'm not yeah, and unfortunately I'm not that familiar with okay, New York well, City, so okay, but go ahead. Well I will explain. Uh Bryant Park is on forty second and fifth Avenue in uh, Midtown and 
for some reason, no matter how busy or slow, it's just like I'm always, it's like my oasis, like I just, it's like my getaway no matter what. I can just, I don't know what it is. It's so beautiful to me, and I just like am always relaxed there, and I'm, I can cool. close off all the noise, and it's like my favorite place in the world. And um, That's awesome. other than that, I have to be somewhere else. Like I have to, I can't be in my house usually right. unless I'm forced. Right. Okay, cool. So do you go to Bryant Park? How many days a week are we talking about? Is this something you do on a daily basis or a few times a week you go I, there? I, I, was, I, try, I try to go once once twice a week to like really sit down and write. Um, okay. The only form of writing I do is for my sports blog, and I do that from home because I'm watching highlights or researching. So um, right. that's the only time. That's the only kind of writing I'll write from home. Inside your home, and you know, some people write. Some people have to sit in a certain space, and there's you know their home or their desk or whatever. But that's cool that you go outside and do something a little different. And cool, very cool. Um, and in terms of, have you ever taken any? coaching have you ever gone to any type of seminars or anything or no it's just kind of getting feedback from all the different people you've been networking with and you know that are supportive um it's it's mostly everyone in the community um and just anyone in entertainment um mostly it's fellow comedians who um are your fellow critics and they help me a lot and the owner of new york comedy club i just like to give him a shout out emilio savone because he's the biggest and I don't, and I haven't, I mean, all the comedy club owners are so supportive of us, but this guy will sit down with you, evaluate your writing, I mean, at any time, any day, and he has just been the biggest cheerleader for us, and uh, I'm speaking for all my fellow comics, <laughs> and um, he, he's been my biggest cr- critic, and I love him to that. And other than that, it's just all the people I perform with. We just constantly, I love the, I love the comedy circuit, because it's a community, and it's a family, and everyone hates each other, but they love each other, and they just constantly are supporting and pushing <laughs> each other. Right, right. No, it's, it's really cool to hear. It really is. I think that's one of the hardest things sometimes in entertainment, though, is finding it. And, again, it's it's great that you've been able to find this. So, but finding people that, you know, you have some camaraderie with and that are supportive of each other. And like you said, even if you hate each other at times, you're still going to be there for each other. And it's not like this competitive thing where someone's trying to one-up the other person. You know, I think that's one of the challenges with, whether it's, again, music or film writing or, you know, comedy. There's so many, like you said, people out there, and the competition is so great. So it's really cool to hear that you've, you know, found this niche with people that you can relate to and and work with. Yes. It's really cool. Really really supportive. Like, you you need each other. Like, there's no way we could survive it. I mean, even though it's a one-man show, there's a lot of people behind it. I mean, there's everyone you perform with. I mean, it's 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 awesome. Like it's it's a very supportive place, full of even though comedians are crazy, dark, interesting people, very very mm-hmm. supportive, very very supportive, funny, weird family. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, I love comedians. I do. I mean, working in corrections, you have to find some sense of humor. And my my, I think over time, I've been able to just kind of you know, twist things around in a way where people are like, well, that's pretty disturbing. And it's like, yeah, but you have to find a way to deal with it or else you're going to be miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. funny because, like, a lot of people, when I meet a lot of people, I mean, it makes sense with me, but, like, cause I'm a very, I'm like the eternal optimist. I'm very optimistic, very, I'm a very happy comic, and that's very, okay. like, uncommon. Like, 
And a lot of my friends are surprised when I tell them, I'm like, you guys, a lot of comics are very dark, negative people. And people always think that's so weird. I'm like, really? That is weird. <laughs> well, but that's cool, though, because then that's something that you're bringing yeah. to the table. Like you said, you know, you think of a lot of these comics, you know, like, you know, Artie Lang, I mean, you know, I like him, but, you know, look, the guy's history is just, unfortunately, you know, yeah. wrought with a lot of dark, yeah, you know, you know, stuff oh, in his yeah. past. And, yeah. Um, you know, speaking about that, not to talk about him specifically, but tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got involved with Howard TV, Howard Stern. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of them, and I know you are too. Um, so share with us a little bit of your experiences with how you got involved with working with Howard TV and, and what you did. Well, this is what's so interesting is um, this is why i got to give a shout-out to Day Jobs. My Day Jobs just created this beautiful, beautiful network for me. Um, I was working, and this is where I met you, I was working at La Bella's Pizzeria in Manhattan, town east, and um, went through a new owner, um, Al Palumbo, which is father of Christina Palumbo, who's on Sirius XM. I'm sure you've heard of her. Or know her, obviously. Um, And they were good friends with Shuley, uh, Christina Palumbo was, and just through SiriusXM, they wanted to have one of the miserable men shows at LaBella's with Julie and the gang and Ronnie and all of them, right? Right. Uh, that's that's when I first met you, actually. And right. no one knew I was a comic. Um, they all just thought I was, like, everyone who attended that show uh, thought I was really funny. And... Um, I, I just sold my personality by making drinks. I don't know because um, a couple people from that uh, from that event stayed in contact with me and were like, "We want to have you on the East Coast on a Ronnie's block parties, Ronnie and Scott's block parties." And I was nice. like, "What?" <laughs> so the best part is when you call your mother and say the Howard Stern show. <laughs> It's having this show on Howard TV, and my mom's like, no, because when you say your doctor, when you think of Howard Stern, you know what I mean, like as a mother, right? And that's, and, you know, that's not my style, but uh, no, but I, what I love about Howard Stern, those fans are the most loyal, amazing people I've ever. I mean, they are <laughs> ride or die Howard Stern, and they're yeah, so cool. Definitely. I met so many. Of, I mean, God, he's obviously does a good job. Those people, I still talk to a lot of the fans day to day. Um, they always hit you up on Facebook. They're great. Um, but the first time I went, besides um, when I met her at LaBella's, we went to um, Pennsylvania to Bethlehem and Allentown, and we performed at a brewery. And this is my favorite part is um, no, no one knew who I was, and I don't expect anyone. I'm, a, I'm, I'm no one. And uh, we were at the meet. They had like a meet and greet and then the show. And I, everyone thought I was just like a girlfriend of one of them, and okay. uh, which is which is fine. I mean, I was just like having a good time. Um, I op- so what I would do on Ronnie's block party is um, I would open for all of them. Like I would open for Ronnie and Scott or Shuli. Shuli was a headliner one of the times, and John Toll. And then the other mm-hmm. show I did, Yucko Yucko the Clown was the headliner. Okay. And. My favorite, my favorite part though is uh, it was you know, after after I did my set, it was so cute because all of the Harrison fans felt bad that they felt like they were being so disrespectful, but it was just like so sweet, and all of them came up to me and like gave me a hug. It was really they're just really supportive, cool people. They're just like That's a, cool, it's crazy. It's so 
their fans are the best fans in the world. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And I think I think talking about not only the fans, like you said, these diehard fans that are so supportive and just, you know, all Howard. But I think for me, you know, just personally, when I, I mean, I never listened to Howard growing up. It wasn't until, you know, maybe like sure. 10, 11 years ago that I started to be exposed to him because my boyfriend was into him. And I was like, oh, I never listened to him. But, you know, it was the moment that I saw the movie. And that's when I just was like, when I was able to relate to kind of a lot of the experiences he had growing up. And, you know, people saying, you're never going to do this, and you're a piece of this. And, you know, that's what really pulled me into him. And I just had so much respect for May Marie, and I was like, this guy is amazing. I mean, there was so many times he could have just given given up, and he didn't. And I was like, that's one of the things I love about him. You know, and he's just a great person, too, you know. But, yeah. So that was my, my story in terms of, yeah, how I kind of got pulled into it, least, you know, listening to him and really just enjoying his comedy and everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It was so. a great experience. And it gave me, it, it helped me, um, Jeremy, some, for having some credentials, and it helped me a lot, um, give me a little platform to move forward in my comedy uh, successes. And, uh, you know, it was, that was all the beginning. And, um, yeah, very thankful for that. So if I wasn't bartending, though, I don't know if I would have ever been involved in that experience, which is really cool. Right. Yeah, I mean, things really happen for a reason. Like you said, they really do. You know, you just kind of yeah. fall into things along the way just because for some reason, you know, it's meant to be. So that's cool. Really cool. So, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, what's what's coming up for you. you have any upcoming shows, you know, some things that you want to promote? Yes. Um, so I'm actually really excited. Um so I'll I get or where do I start? Okay, so for February I will be going to Cleveland um, this week. Uh, cool. I'll be performing in Cleveland. Um, I wish I could post. Um, I'll give out my social media so people can check in um, the venues in Cleveland this week. And then um, I'm really excited towards the end of this month on February 20th, Saturday, February 20th. I'll be at Broadway Comedy Club filming my half hour. Oh, and nice. what I mean by half hour is so I can be submitting it to TV and Hulu and Netflix and all those fun places. And Very um, cool. I don't know if you've heard of Pat Dixon, but I'll be doing a show with him on February 25th at New York Comedy Club. Um, I'll be at Broadway New York Comedy Club most of the rest of the month. And then Madison Malloy is who we talked about before, my co-producer. We're putting on a great show on the 26th at Broadway Comedy Club. These are all just on my website at parttimebro.com. And, um, but in March and April, I'm traveling a lot. I'm going to Vermont, D.C., Maryland, Boston, Philly. And I'm looking for my – and I'm going to Syracuse, which I'm looking forward to going to, like, a college town. Really looking forward to that. Very cool. So, I yeah, mean, a lot of that's stuff. amazing that you have all this stuff coming up. Do you, yeah. Avery, do you, like, do all your booking on your own? Do you have any management? Is there anyone that's, you know, helping you with this, or is this something you're doing by yourself? Yeah, I, I, I have I have a couple a couple people. Um, they're, they're, not, uh, they're not my managers, but they are managers, and I work with them. Okay. Um, um, I'm, I mean, everyone's looking for a manager. Um, and I mostly, I mostly book myself though. I mean, I really, right now I'm pretty much my own manager. (laughs) I book about 80% of my stuff. So that's great. That's really cool. No, I mean, it's just, it's great to see how far, 
you've come in such a short period of time. I mean, again, something thank really. Thank you so. Be... Thank you. Thank you so much. Especially this last year, it's um, it's been quite the rent. Uh, the coolest thing I did this year, I'll have to say though, and as every one of the coolest things, I've had a couple um, big moments this year. But um, being a feature at Carowinds was probably like I cried after. It was one. It's like it's like that's a huge thing for a comedian. Like we all want to do Carowinds, and for all you that don't know, Carowinds right. Broadway in New York City. That's that's like one of those moments you're like, okay, this is happening, and it was really, really cool, and I had a lot of people come out and support, so that was my favorite moment probably recently. So, That's awesome. Congratulations. That is a huge, huge accomplishment, getting Caroline, definitely. And I just That's got it. that said back, so it will be on my website tomorrow, so just please all tune in, parttimebro.com, if you want to check out my Caroline set. Oh, cool. Definitely. Yeah, I just got it. I was laughing with you about me being tech savvy, and I was like, I wish Carrie could have got this yesterday. Aw. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. Definitely. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, it's been great having you on, Amory. I mean, if there's anything else, you know, you want to plug for people to, you know, your Twitter, you know, any of that stuff that you want people to, you know, follow you at, please be my guest. It's definitely great. Instagram, my Twitter, my Facebook, my Snapchat, everything is part-time bro, and that's affiliated with my sports blog. If you go on my website, you'll get the background on my sports blog and can keep up. It's a weekly sports blog. comes out usually on Tuesdays. And um, thank you so much. This was such a fun interview. I love this stuff. Cool. No, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. And I think, again, I think there were some really cool moments and a lot of interesting information you shared about yourself that – and that's what I really like to do with every person I interview, Amory, is just do something really unique and different where people are going to hear stuff they're not going to hear anywhere else. So I hope that I was able to, uh, you know, put that out there with this interview. And, and please share the podcast. It will be available once we're done. Oh, I will. And uh, let's, let's continue to get you tons of listens and let everyone learn about who you are and uh, the amazing career that you have uh, ahead of you. Thank you so much, Carrie. Yeah, you're welcome, Amory. But yeah, let's definitely keep in touch. And oh, real quick, any shows in New Jersey? We gotta get you in New Jersey. I want you to come here. Um, <laughs> no, um, actually, March 12th, I will. Uh, I believe it's a Saturday at 9 p.m. I will be at Bridgestone Comedy Club in South Amboy. Okay. Yeah, try to try to remind me. I'll try to look out on your website to see where that's located and stuff. But that's cool. Definitely. I don't know, but I know where I'll be. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, Marie, thank you so much. And you did an awesome interview. And again, I wish you much continued success. And we will definitely be in touch. And I hope to see you in the near future, too. Okay. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Have a great night. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. All right, everyone. A. Marie Castillo. You can check her out at parttimebro.com. Amazing interview. Full hour here. So if you haven't checked it out or if you tuned in a little late the podcast will be available you can download it or stream it for free once it's over you can go to uh, my blog talk radio page or you can go to itunes and uh, check out the carrie adelman show and we will be there so please check her out and definitely look to see some upcoming shows with her she's really pushing it and uh, she's definitely going to start making a big name for herself so thank you so much for tuning in i'm in the process of booking some more interviews for the upcoming week so Please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. That is where you can find out about upcoming guests I have and events and more. Um, Also on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. And if you follow me, I will follow you back. 
And also, please befriend me on Facebook. I have two personal pages. One of them is uh, maxed out, so you can just type in Carrie Edelman, find the one that's not. I'd love to keep in touch with people that way, too. So thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the podcast if you tuned in late tonight. And uh, we will be back soon. So just uh, check me out on Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook, and you can see all the upcoming uh, dates that I have for guests and more. Thanks so much, and have a great night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.